Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome to the Get Your Goat podcast. Josh here, and there is a lot to get into. I still have to dissect the Rams 49ers Monday night football game and how that unfolded before my very eyes and how the Rams somehow looked worse against the 49ers than they did a week earlier against the Titans. Then I'm going to preview the New England Patriots, Atlanta Falcons, Thursday night football game tomorrow. I'm also going to give you my top five teams in the NFL at the moment. Then I'm going to get into some NBA. Golden State Warriors, big win yesterday over the Brooklyn Nets. They keep on chugging along. Go over some NBA games for tonight. Then I'm going to give my NHL top five and teams I'm worried about. Then I'm going to react to last night's college football playoff rankings. What that means, still a few weeks out from the final rankings. And then I'll wrap up with a couple of upsets last night that occurred in the world of college basketball. So a lot of great content to get into today. Let's get started with the Los Angeles Rams, San Francisco 49ers, Monday night football game. Now last week, I said that Stafford was staff flopped, and it was the same thing on Monday night. You can say staff flopped, staff folded. That's what he is. He flopped, he folds under pressure. Uh, the past two primetime games these past two weeks have just been atrocious for the Los Angeles Rams. It really has. Uh, the 49ers provided a blueprint on offense. The Titans last week provided a blueprint on defense. And the 49ers had possession of the ball uh, so many times in that game for so long. They did not want the Los Angeles Rams uh, to have possession, Matthew Stafford, to have a ball in his hands at all. 49ers did a great job of just handling the time of possession, and they dominated uh, 40 minutes to the Rams, 20 minutes. That's uh, an insane amount of time to have a ball, especially the 49ers on their opening drive. I believe it was around an 11-minute touchdown drive. Jimmy Garoppolo effective uh, throwing the ball, uh, getting it to third and manageable, where it was, you know, third and three, third and two, third and one, none of the, you know, third and long situations. They didn't want to put Jimmy Garoppolo in that situation. He actually didn't have an incompletion till the third quarter. He finished 15 of 1,982 yards. They didn't force him uh, to do anything that he didn't. He got the ball to his playmakers, George Kittle, Debo Samuel. Brandon Ayuk was tossed in there a few times. And I said that the 49ers would win this game. And they did. 31-10 to demolished the Rams. Just demolished them. Right from the start, you had uh, Los Angeles Rams have the ball first. Very first play, it was a scripted play to Odell Beckham Jr. Get him involved early. I liked it. I didn't like much after that. Stafford threw an interception on that same uh, possession on a route to OBJ. 
There was obviously miscommunication. I don't think OBJ knew uh, the route correctly or where he was going. But I'm not going to blame OBJ uh, for that. I'm going to blame Matthew Stafford because you know he's new to the team, new to the routes. And he still threw it up, Matthew Stafford, to double coverage. There was a man on him and there was a safety playing high. So he was essentially double teamed when you threw it up. And OBJ was already lost. He was lost in the sauce. So you just throw up a Hail Mary sort of play. It gets picked off. uh, And then they go and get a touchdown. Then the very next drive, Matthew Stafford, pick six. Looked like a rerun of last week against the Titans where he throws a lousy interception. And then a pick six on the ensuing drive. Same thing. Lousy interception. Then a pick six. Uh, again, I won't put that one all on Matthew Stafford. I'll put that one 50% on Higby. Because it was in his hands and he kind of tossed it over uh, to a defender for a pick six. So that's another blueprint I've learned from the uh, 49ers and the Titans. Titans last week was a defense uh, and to also uh, get into Matthew Stafford's head early, rattle him early, because then he looks lost. He looks helpless. Same thing against the 49ers. Force him into an interception. Then another one, you rattle him early like that, two early interceptions. He just can't come back. I know he had a multitude of comebacks uh, with the Lions and the Detroit Lions. Seemed like he's always coming from behind, uh, but this team is not built uh, to come from behind. I think at least this season I've seen from them, you rattle them early, it's over. The last two games, he's thrown four interceptions. You know, I believe it was eight games before that, he threw four total. Uh, his MVP stock is plummeting, dropping points. It's like Bitcoin right now, just dropping and dropping That's what it is. That's how I feel. I just had him at number two in my MVP voting. I want to drop him out of a top five. I want to drop the Rams out of a top five. They've looked bad. Sean McVay looks like he forgot how to coach as well. Offense looked inept to handle the 49er defense. And a lot of teams have been working the 49ers. And then another thing, which was preached to all game beforehand, was San Francisco, they were going to run the football down your throat. Uh, be the more physical team. Kyle Shanahan's beat you the past four times the past two years. You know what you're going to do. And the Rams defense could not stop the 49ers at all. They had no answer for the run game, for the short throws. Aaron Donald had no answer. Von Miller. George Kittle blocked the heck out of uh, Von Miller on one uh, zone play that they ran. I mean, they just can't stop the run to save their lives. This Rams defense is not a good defense. I said earlier in the season, this defense would take a step back. They lost a few big pieces on this defense and their coach as well. But I did not expect this much of a drop-off. It's a big drop-off. It's like in Finding Nemo, uh, where they tell Nemo not to go to the drop-off, and you're thinking... First time watching the movie, it's not that bad. And you're like, oh my. Uh, the coral reef's right there, and then it's like an abyss. 
same thing with the Rams defense. This defense has dropped off, doesn't look good at all. You don't, I mean, I don't want any part of this Rams defense. Teams are having their way this year. They are built to stop the pass, but teams can still throw a lot of yards on them. We saw Kyler Murray earlier in the year uh, do that running the ball. We just saw San Francisco. So this defense, obviously, to me, is not a championship-level defense. Another big thing I wanted, this was due to fantasy, was Debo Samuel to have a big game. And did he have one? He had himself a day. Five receptions, 97 yards, and a touchdown. And then rushing, he also had five carries, 36 yards, and a touchdown. They use him all over the field. To me, he's their biggest playmaker. It helps having George Kittle back as well. He had five receptions of 50 yards and a touchdown. As I said, Ayuk was used in there, sprinkled in there, same with Juszczyk and Jennings. This was an effective win for the 49ers. This was a team I saw that opened 2-0 and was a good team. This is how they can get back on track. Good win for the 49ers who are now still in contention for the NFC wildcard. Then for the Rams, Stafford and primetime, I'll say it again. It does not look good, Stafford and primetime. Two straight losses in that arena. Thankfully, they only have one more left in against the Cardinals in a month. Again, they'll be in the playoffs, and that'll be a different discussion. But they get a bye week. They need it. Sean McVay needs it. He looks frustrated and confused. Uh, I think he was upset at the receivers, upset at Matthew Stafford. Uh, tried a fake field goal, and it didn't work. Nothing he did worked. He also had to slow down the game. He couldn't run up tempo with OBJ not knowing the offense. Essentially took him out of the game. Only was on there for like 15 of their uh, 55 plays or whatever it was. But he was not used as much as they were hoping. The The loss to Robert Woods, that looms large over this team and all the dynamic ways that they use him. A big third down guy. Uh, Now that leaves the Rams hurt. This team looks hurt. Uh, They need to fix a lot of things fast because they've got good players on their team. Uh, But that's the part that's lacking is the team part. But they need to get it fixed and fixed fast because they have a gauntlet of a schedule against the Packers, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, the Vikings, the Ravens, the Niners again. So they need a lot of help. Again, the final was 31-10. to 10. You know, it was 31-7 to 7 in the fourth quarter. There's garbage time. Uh, field goal at the end. They're still using their offense and running plays at the end just to get some garbage time stats. San, San Francisco didn't even want them to get that. Huge win by the 49ers. Three big things. Debo is a stud. 49ers provided yet another blueprint to beat the Rams. And Stafford, more like staff folded in prime time. Yet again, I was telling my brother, I would love a prime time game between the Vikings and the Rams. Con artist Kirk and staff flop. I mean, what much better than that it would be. A game of turnovers and inept offense. 
all in one. But great win by the San Francisco 49ers. Much needed to get back on track. And also, that was their first home win in over a year. I think it was 393 days. Congratulations to them and the fans for sticking in there that long. Now moving on to tomorrow's Thursday night football game between the New England Patriots and the Atlanta Falcons. The New England Patriots are on a roll. On a roll. Started off 1-3, some close losses. They are now 5-1 in their previous uh, six games. And like I've said, they've had a couple of winnable ones that they lost to start the season. A one-point loss to the Dolphins against the Bucks. A two-point loss against the Cowboys. A six-point loss in overtime. So this Patriots team, to me, great team. This defense is really, really great. They're playing really hard. Matthew Judon uh, getting after the quarterback, J.C. Jackson. Terrific corner as well. Mac Jones is efficient. They have a collection of wide receivers and tight ends that are really good. None of them, I think, are elite game changer, but they all play their role really well. Kendrick Bourne, Nikhil Harry, Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, they all play the game really smart, really effective. And also have a good running game. Damien Harris, Ramondre Stevenson doing enough to protect Mac Jones. Mac Jones playing efficient. Then you have the Atlanta Falcons, who are 4-5. and five. Calvin Ridley uh, left the team, and you just got spanked by the Cowboys. 43-3 uh, to three after a great comeback win against the Saints. That loss was humiliating, to say the least. That was a bad loss. I'm just going to make my prediction right now and state it. And state it. I'll probably restate it again. But I believe the New England Falcons will win this Thursday night. The New England Falcons. I can't believe I said that. The New England Patriots will win this Thursday night football game tomorrow night. I've got a lot of faith in this team. The way they are plugging along and just getting better week after week. And especially some of the offensive performances they put on display. I know the Jets, but 54 points. That's a lot to put on the Jets. The Browns. Put a 45 spot on them. They were able to withstand the sack reaper himself, Miles Garrett. A game plan, Bill Belichick, uh, looking like a great head coach on that sideline. The kind of master, evil-minded guy that he is. Looks like he is back in his element with a rookie quarterback that he can just groom and whip into shape. And I think the Patriots uh, will win that game. I think the loss to Calvin Ridley is a huge one. Rely on Sage and Sharp. You've got Pitts. And also, I don't believe Cordero Patterson will be playing. He has an ankle injury. Uh, he's doubtful. Uh, so things don't look good for him. So that's another huge loss who they use in the receiving and rushing game. Kind of that all-over-the-place type guy. Utility knife. Uh that is great for the Falcons. He's out. This could be a long night for the Atlanta Falcons there. 
I like the New England Patriots to win this game at home. But then again, it's also Thursday night. And Thursday night games just seem to be so unpredictable. Last week, you had the Dolphins beating the Ravens 22-10 to in a game. Really, no one expected the Dolphins to win. So does Atlanta have a shot? Yeah, Atlanta has a shot. I'll give them a shot. Uh, but the Patriots, to me, are just a better team. I'm sticking with the Patriots. I don't think the Atlanta Falcons will pull the Dolphins of last week and upset them. New England's a touchdown favorite. And for a good reason to me, they are the better team. I like New England in this game to get their fifth straight win. And then again, that Atlanta loss would also help out a lot of other NFC teams fighting uh, for a spot there. You know, they lose, that helps out the Eagles, the Seahawks, the Vikings, all of them adding another loss to their record. But yes, for the third time, I will say the Patriots are winning this game tomorrow night. Now, Week 10 is officially in the books. It is over and done with. Who are my top five teams in the NFL at the moment? Number five, the Los Angeles Rams. And I'm going to tell you right now, uh, this was very, 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 very hard uh, to put a number five team because I believe there is a core four and then the rest are sort of in another type of uh, tier right below them. So it was hard for me to pick. You know, you have the Rams, uh, the Bucks, the Chiefs, the Bills. Those teams, I believe, are right there. But I just said I'll stay with the Rams. Uh, they kind of have the head-to-head over the Bucks, even though they lost two straight weeks. You know, the Bills have had a shocking loss in the past two weeks. So the Ravens, uh, the Chiefs are finally on a stretch, but they have four. So it was very tough for me to pick a fifth team. But I decided to go with the Los Angeles Rams who have a great offense, a top five a passing offense, uh, Matthew Stafford, other than those two primetime games, is playing really well. I'll give him that. However, they need to find a running game, need to find some defense as well. Uh, but I think the bye week will help them out. They were 7-1, and one, one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Yes, they've lost two in a row, but I don't think it is the end of the world. They have a lot of talent. I think they have a coach who can fix some of their issues. Again, it'll be tough, but I think most of it, I think, has to be on the defense and getting this defense up to snuff to sort of complement uh, the offense. Number four, the Dallas Cowboys. They have uh, the most yards uh, per game. You know, they've already had their bye week. 
So Kansas City technically has more yards than them offensively. Uh, but once Kansas City has their bye week, I believe Dallas will usurp them. So yards per game, Dallas is at number one. Dak Prescott has been great this year. Uh, they've rebounded after tough losses in the season. The opening one uh, to the Bucks, where they've won six in a row. Then they lose and they rebound and beat the Falcons 43-3. to But Dak Prescott playing like comeback of the year favorite. Uh, is in the MVP discussion of sorts, running the ball effectively with Ezekiel Elliott. The defense is forcing turnovers. Trevon Diggs, Micah Parsons could be defensive rookie of the year. So I like what this team is doing. However, still on defense, they need to tighten some inconsistencies up, even though Trevon Diggs is a great ball hawking cornerback. He gets burned a lot as well. Uh, he is not a true shutdown corner where you avoid him like the plague. You can still target him uh, and beat him as well. Number three, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they were just, to me, the number one team in the league, but lost to Carolina Hurts, especially uh, considering where this team was at a few weeks ago with Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. Now without them, looks like a different team. I believe they'll come back, then they'll right the ship. But for a loss like that against the Panthers, I have to drop them a few spots. Colt McCoy has had one great game. He's had one bad game. This defense just had a bad game where they could not tackle uh, anyone to save their lives. But to me, Kyler Murray even in these two losses, prove that he is an MVP because uh, they need him. They need DeAndre. Uh, I see the dip in the performance when he's not uh, playing. But Arizona is an efficient team. I Top five defense, a top ten offense. I think this is a team that will be a tough out in the playoffs when it comes playoff time. Number two. The Tennessee Titans, their offenses took a dip since Derrick Henry has left, but they have still kept on winning. They are 8-2, and two, and they also have a good defense, a defensive uh, player of the year candidate in Kevin Byard. Uh, they just beat the Saints, who then, before that, beat the Bucks, and they, again, did not have Jameis, but the Titans uh, were able to, uh, to do it, they beat the Rams. This is a team ascending, and now I believe they're going to win a lot of their final six games. I do, I do believe that. Uh, I believe this is a team that can finish fourteen and three, thirteen and four with the one seed. I know we'll look back at the second half of their schedule and say, you know, it was it was kind of easy, uh, but we'll say, you know, look at the first half of their schedule where they beat good teams, uh, the Colts twice, the Rams, the Chiefs, the Bills, uh, all playoff teams, all who they beat. So, yes, the Titans are a great team. The number one team right now and the favorite, the Green Bay Packers are number three. Again, or number one, eight, sitting at eight and two, Aaron Rodgers, Always in the MVP discussion. 
This offense is efficient, but to me, their defense has looked better uh, than their offense. The number three uh, defense in terms of yards uh, allowed, yards per game, uh, this defense to me is stout. And this is the first time to me in Aaron Rodgers' career in a long time that they've had a top five, top three defense. You know, it's usually been, you know, top 15, middle of the pack, a lot of blame getting placed there. But a top three defense in terms of yards and scoring only allowing 18 points a game. And then in terms of the yards at 309, his Green Bay defense is really, really good. It deserves a lot of credit, a lot of props, you know, for the teams that they stopped and they faced in the past uh a few weeks, you know, the Cardinals, the Seahawks shutting them out. Any shutout's tough uh, to do. The Chiefs, I mean, this Green Bay Packers team is really good. They're going to be also a tough out when it comes playoff time as well. So those are my top five teams in the NFL at the moment. The Los Angeles Rams, the Dallas Cowboys, the Arizona Cardinals, the Tennessee Titans, and the Green Bay Packers. Now moving on to the NBA. Monday night, I picked two games. The first one was the Nuggets and Mavericks. I said the Mavericks would win that game, and that happened. Nervous there for a second, but the Mavericks outscored uh, the Nuggets by 14 points in the fourth quarter to win the game. And Luka got some help that game, wasn't the leading scorer on his team. That happened to go to Chris Stapp's Porzingis. Porzingis had himself a night 29 points, 11 of 20 uh, from the field, 5 of 8 from the three. That is a rare Porzingis uh, performance we see once a week uh, from him to give the Mavs a lift. I wish Luca or Luca wishes that Chris Stapps would do that more than you know just on a one-off occasion here and there. But Jokic is the one who really didn't get a ton of help that game, and because of that, the Mavericks were able uh, to win. That game as well, more efficient from the field. Uh, from three was a big one as well. They were the better team that night, the Dallas Mavericks. Then the other game I picked was the Chicago Bulls over the Los Angeles Lakers. And I just said I just can't pick the Lakers. Uh, they're too hot and cold, and I think the Bulls are a really good team. And that proved to be the case. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker... Cannot be your leading scorer and expect to win the game. Now, 28 points is great for him. 25 points is good for Russell Westbrook, even though he was 0 of 6 from the three-point line. Man can't shoot threes. Anthony Davis, 20 points. Effective night, but that was it. That's all the performance they got from everyone else. Defensively, they could not stop DeMar DeRozan for some reason. Uh, 38 points efficient from the field. They also 
could not contain Lonzo Ball, who had 27. Zach Levine had 26. I mean, that three had a monster in itself. It was just too much uh, for the Lakers. Lakers, very porous three-point shooting team. That continued on Monday night, 18% from three. That's bad. That is really, really bad. Lakers can't expect to win games, make it even to the playoffs. Shooting 18% from three in what is a three-happy league now, uh, you have to have some semblance of a three-point shot. The Lakers do not. That is one thing they need fixed right now. They need to be more efficient from the field. Uh, This team just needs to get better. They were down by 28 points at one point in this game. Uh, It's not acceptable. Laker Nation, this is bad. LeBron needs to come back. He's eyeing a Friday return. It's optimistic. We'll see. I just don't know about that. I just don't know about this Lakers team and how they're constructed right now. But last night, another big win for the Golden State Warriors. Who, to me, keep on winning. Still in NBA best 12-2. and two. Beat the Nets 117-99. To me, always felt like they were in control of the game. Third quarter, Warriors outscored the Nets 35-18. A majority of that was Steph not even on the floor. Out due to foul trouble. But he cooked all night long. Chef Steph again on display. MVP favorite right now is Steph Curry. Dropped 37 points, uh, 7 rebounds as well. 12 of 19 a shooting. Uh, this man is lethal. 9 of 14 from 3. It was really no stopping uh, Steph Curry. Uh, he made more 3-pointers. Or I should say he almost made as much 3-pointers as the Nets. Uh, he had 9 to the Nets total of 10. Kevin Durant only had 19. Uh, James Harden, 24 points. Golden State Warriors are just looking to be that team. They're taking it to the next level. They're playing hard. They're also a physical team. Out-rebounded the Nets as well. Had more points in the paint. Better off uh, the turnovers and the fast break. This is an all-around great Warriors team, I mean, Curry, uh, MVP-like. I think he's the MVP right now. And obviously, so do the Nets fans. Channing, MVP. And mind you, they are in Brooklyn. It was a little strange for me to hear it. I, Steph even admitted he thought it was a little strange. Not usually do you go into an opponent's... Uh, arena, and they are chanting MVP for you. Usually never happens. That's usually something you only uh, generate when you're at home. But even the Nets, MVP. To me, the Nets are more behind the Warriors than they are behind their own team. Uh, And I know the Nets have a lot of background issues still with Kyrie, who knows if he'll ever come back uh, to this team. Uh, even Coach Nash, Steve Nash, stated 
they're not even in the same category as the Nets uh, right now. I mean, what an awkward, weird game it was for the Nets. To me, the Knicks have a more passionate fan base, even though the Nets have the talent. But it, it was essentially like a home game for the Warriors. Like I said, the uh, MVP chance for Steph Curry, you know, even uh, after Steph is hitting three-pointers, the crowd's erupting. It's unlike anything I've ever seen where the whole NBA arena is rooting for the opposing team. It was very, uh, very strange uh, to see. But then again, I do believe Steph Curry traveling a lot. I do think uh, people... Like Steph Curry more, I know I like him more now that Kevin Durant is gone and the Warriors are no longer a super team, albeit still a really a good team. So I totally get it. I've rooted for Steph Curry more in the past year than I have in my previous life. So I sympathize and I totally get Bo's net sands. I probably would have done the same thing if I was there. Now I'm going to pick two games uh, for tonight's NBA matchups. The first, the Lakers and the Bucks. To me, two teams that are struggling right now. The Lakers are sitting at eight and seven. No LeBron tonight. Milwaukee six and eight. They've had people injured. Uh, Drew Holiday just came back, but he was out for a few weeks. Uh, Chris Middleton has been out. Uh, Brooks Lopez hasn't played since the opening night, forcing Giannis. To do a lot more than what he uh, is accustomed to doing without having some of his key people out. But I think the Bucks win this game. I think the Lakers are in a state of disgrace right now. Uh, I'm not happy watching the Lakers play. Uh, they're not fun to watch either. Uh, I think Anthony Davis can get to. Uh, Giannis, but I think Giannis can get to AD. I think that'll be a great matchup. That's going to be the X-Factor matchup right there, but I got faith in the Bucks, Even though they're 3-7 and seven in their past 10 games, hasn't looked good. I still like the Bucks to win this game, do just enough to beat the Lakers. I really have no faith in the Lakers right now without LeBron, and even when LeBron comes back, I still don't know if I'll have a lot of faith in them as well. Then, the next game I'm going to pick is the Mavericks and the Suns. The Suns are 10-3. and three, Very hot team looking for their 10th straight win as well. However, Mavericks are always a tough team to face. To me, this will be a great game here in the desert in Phoenix. you got Luka uh, versus Devin Booker. Two young stars right there playing. However... I think the Mavericks get the win. I think they put an end to the Phoenix Suns' long winning streak. That comes to an end tonight. Uh, Chris Paul doesn't cook anybody like he's been doing uh, in the past. But I think the Mavericks can escape uh, Phoenix with a win tonight. Again, Porzingis just had his big game. So probably won't have that production tonight. Luka Doncic is going to have to have an otherworldly performance but that's something we've seen from Luka 
as well. And I think the Mavericks, they get it done tonight in a hostile environment. Mavericks win this one. Underdog wins. But there is quite a few teams I am worried about. Starting with the Bucks, I'm worried. I really am. Six and eight. Even with people out, it seems like in the past they were able to weather these injuries. This is a team I am worried about. They're sitting at six and eight out of the playoffs. The Atlanta Hawks, after a trip of going to the Eastern Conference Finals, they do not look like the team they once were, especially on the road. One and eight on the road. That's bad. Uh, Trey Young isn't having as great of a year as he was last year either. Uh, this team has taken a step back. I'm also worried about them. Those are my two teams in the West. East, I'm worried about. In the West, the Los Angeles Lakers are a team I'm very worried about. Uh, they're 8-7. and seven. I think they're lucky to be 8-7. and seven. Their record could be much worse. But this is a team that still looks lost without LeBron. Still needs LeBron to be the best player on the court for them to win games and he's in year 19. Come on now. Help him out. Help a brother out. Another team. The Portland Trail Blazers. They probably will still get into this playoffs with a losing record. But 7-8. and eight, They haven't really been able to beat uh, any good teams. So that's going to make it tough when this is a big stacked Western Conference and you can't beat good teams. Those are two teams I'm worried about in the West. Lakers and the Trailblazers. Now moving on to the NHL. I'm going to give you my top five teams in the NHL. I'm just going to preface this by saying a reason I haven't talked about the NHL a lot is my Pittsburgh Penguins have done bad, so it's kind of turned me off from the NHL right now. Uh, but I, like I said, but there's also a lot of sports going on too. You know, There's so much NFL uh, to watch college football, NBA, that's exciting at the moment. So, NHL to me has taken the last step on my sports list, especially since my team is 3-5-2 and two in their past 10 games. They need to get their act together, I will say that. I'll get into my teams I'm worried about in a second. But my top five teams in the NHL, number five, the New York Rangers. Why? This is a good offense right here. Uh, they scoring 35 goals. They're on a four-game winning streak. They're competing in a tough Metro. Ten wins, three losses, three overtime losses at 23 points. This is a really good offensive team. Igor Shosturkin uh, is a great goalie. Only concern I have with them right now is their defense. Uh, even though they're great, they have a zero goal differential, net zero. That's because we've allowed 30, 45 goals, and I'm not going to blame it on the goalies. It's the defense. This defense is bad. Uh, Fox, who was just defensive player of the year last year, uh, best defenseman, he is not playing like that. They don't have one good defenseman, I would say, on this team right now. Offense and goalie uh, tandem is carrying them. Number four. The Toronto Maple Leafs, another team on a four-game winning streak. Great offense. They've won nine of their past ten games. 
as well. Uh, 11 wins. Uh, great offense. And then also another great regular season teams. That's what we're accustomed to seeing uh, from Austin Matthews. Uh, John Tavares, Mitchell Marner, William Nylander is their great in the regular season. What happens when the postseason comes will always be the concern for them. But they're playing as good as anybody right now. Number three, the Washington Capitals. Another team from a Metro that's doing well. Scoring 56 goals uh, so far. Alex Ovechkin seems like he's breaking records, tying records every night. Uh, every night. He's the ringleader of this team. He's the captain. And there's a reason for that. Leading the team in points at 26. Goals with 12. And then assists with 14. Also a plus minus of 12. Uh, this man has been doing it all at 36 years of age. Uh, this Washington team, always a tough out uh, in the Metro regular season. Number one, though, is still... After a few weeks, the Florida Panthers sitting at a league-best 25 points, uh, 11-2-3. And, if you believe this, they are the only team that haven't lost at home. They are 8-0-0. They are protecting their house. They have a plus-20 goal differential, which is great. Uh, Florida is playing well. And to me, at home, they look so much more better than they look uh away last night you know ESPN plus hockey night Panthers at home dominated the Islanders six to one uh that's what they've been doing at home this is a good Panther team so those are my top five teams in the NHL the New York Rangers the Toronto Maple Leafs the Washington Capitals the Carolina Hurricanes and the Florida Panthers but there are some teams I am on the fence about that. I am worried about the Boston Bruins, our team. They seem to have not gotten it together. Games that they've won in the past have not seemed to be there. That's my one team in the Atlantic who I thought would win the division. And they are fifth right now behind the Red Wings, the Lightning, the Maple Leafs, and the Panthers. Uh, Boston has some minor tweaking. I think their goalie is the biggest thing. Uh, to get back on track. The Metro, but one team I'm worried about, it's actually two. Uh, that's Pittsburgh, Penguins, and the Islanders. Uh, these two teams have been two of the best in the Metro, uh, to me, for the past five years or so. Uh, and they're sitting at the two worst teams in the Metro. Islanders at dead last, 12 points. Pittsburgh, second to last at 14 these two teams really need to pick it in uh, to gear. Haven't scored a lot. Uh, goalies have been subpar. Everything else. Pittsburgh hit with the injury bug so often and so early this year. And never have they had a healthy lineup once. Uh, that's no excuse. They still need to find ways to win games. The same with the Islanders. Not accustomed to a Barry Trotz team doing this poorly in the regular season. The Western Conference, uh, two teams again I'm surprised by. Colorado Avalanche and Chicago Blackhawks, two of the worst teams in the division. Colorado, after being the best team last year, and it doesn't look like it'll be that way this year. Chicago, after kind of going all in, looks like they won't even be making the playoffs. Pacific, the Vegas Golden Knights, another one who I thought would win the division, do well. Injuries have hurt this team. Uh... 
But also, I think the goaltending play, not having anyone behind Leonard as well, hurts them again. So those are teams I'm worried about in the NHL. Now I'm going to react to last night's college football playoff rankings. And I really did not have a problem with the rankings at all. You know, all the top seven teams from last week won. So they all stayed the same. You know, I was thinking maybe they'll put Michigan at five. They had a nice gritty win over Penn State or Penn, yeah, over Penn State, but that could have been, you know, the inner Michigan and me saying to jump Cincinnati, even though, you know, Cincinnati won by, uh, I think, 17 points. Uh, so, you know, I was fine with all that. Ohio State big win over Purdue. Uh, you know, the chair did say that teams are closing in on Alabama. I agree. Oregon's looked really good. Ohio State's looked good. Alabama beat New Mexico State, which isn't much of a competition at all. You know, the Michigan, Michigan State, people are still upset over one being ahead of the other. You know, I'm not, again, it's all going to get worked out. Michigan State fans, I don't think, should be worrying too much about that. They have a lot to focus on this Saturday against uh, Ohio State, and even Mel Tucker realized that, that they can't worry about the rankings. Uh, they have something bigger to worry about. That is Ohio State, which is game day. Great matchup to me. The best matchup of the day. There's only you know three games on this weekend that both teams are ranked playing each other. That's Oregon, uh, Utah, Arkansas, Alabama, and Michigan State, Ohio State. Uh, and that is game day, of course. Michigan State, Ohio State, and what a game that will be. But all the rest, I was fine with Oklahoma State moving up one. I might have had them jump Notre Dame. Uh, I don't have a lot of faith in Notre Dame or want to see them sniffing the playoffs. Uh, Baylor jumping up past Oklahoma. I'm fine with Ole Miss as well. Uh, Wisconsin is the best three-loss team. I agree with their defense have been ferocious or run game. This is a different team right now than what I have seen at the beginning of the season. But I still respect Texas A&M. Uh, his win over Alabama, to me, is the best uh, sort of regular season win right there. And all the rest are kind of right there. You see Houston get ranked, uh, which could matter uh, for Cincinnati if they were to win out and then play Houston in their championship game. And win that one, they'd have two wins over ranked teams, uh, Notre Dame and then Houston. So, again, not a lot of movement, not a lot of change in this week's rankings. Uh, however, I do expect that to change after this week, like I said, uh, with those few ranked matchups that we have. The Michigan State, Ohio State, the Arkansas, Alabama, and Oregon, and Utah. Maybe Oregon is the team that is most likely to be upset this week. But I want to say this. Another thing that will work itself out other than the Michigan State-Michigan uh, thing, uh, the Alabama-Georgia at 1-2. and two. Again, Alabama wins out. Most likely they'll be the number one team. If Georgia wins out, they'll stay number one. But Alabama won't be two, and you could have them down. Uh, this could be the year. 
you know, that we have a two-loss team. And the playoff, to me, is very likely, especially if Georgia wins out, uh, which means Alabama would lose. Oregon uh, suffers a loss as well. Uh, and then you have a two-loss Big Ten team, possibly. Uh, so it's really, does the committee like Cincinnati-Notre Dame that much over these other two lost teams. You know, you still have Oklahoma State who could suffer another loss, Oklahoma. So a lot of craziness could happen in the college football world still. College basketball, two big upsets last night. The first one, Michigan losing to Seton Hall was in control of this game sort of all night. Juwan Howard signing a five-year contract extension, and he decides to lose this game uh, the biggest underperformer again, Eli Brooks, a couple of big misses late in the game. I know he had 17 points, but his clutch factor doesn't have one. He is not clutch at all. He plays the most minutes, not clutch. Caleb Houston, their best prospect, one of nine from the field. He has got to be a lot better. They're also working on a short bench, uh, eight-player rotation. Uh, people playing a lot of minutes in that starting lineup. They've all got to play a lot better and shooting 20% from the three-point line. That's ain't going to cut it either. Michigan upset after moving up to number four. BYU-Oregon, another one. BYU hammered the Oregon Ducks. Oregon was sitting there at 12. BYU upset them 81-49. They got crushed, demoralized, punished, whatever you want to say. Uh, BYU, big win for them. They should definitely be moving up, talking about a lot more after that win. It, the Portland Trailblazers arena. So that's it. This has been Get Your Goat. Who do you think will win tomorrow's Patriots-Falcons Thursday night football game? I'll talk to you all soon. Bye, everybody.